Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Style Guides podcast, a podcast dedicated to all things pattern libraries, style guides, and design systems, and all that good stuff. And my name is Brad Frost. I'm Anna Debenham. And today we are thrilled to have on the show Yaeli De Leon. Did I get that remotely close? Yeah, remotely, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Forgive my Americanness, <laughs> uh, but no, we're, we're super thrilled to, to have you on the show and and uh, pick your brains about uh, all sorts of things around design systems. But I guess maybe to kick off, do you want to sort of give an introduction of of sort of who you are and and you know where you work, what your role is, and how you got into this whole design systems business? Yeah. Um, so I am lead designer at Canonical which is the company that is behind the Ubuntu operating system. And I work within the design team. And currently, my main focus is to lead the vanilla framework project, which is the the CSS framework that we use, uh, or that we're trying to use as much as possible to to build all our websites. Um, What was the second part of the question? (laughs) <laughs> I get you. I mean, that was that was a great introduction. Like, so so, how did you sort of get into leading that effort? Well, um, it, it's uh, it, officially uh, that has been defined as my role uh, fairly recently, but it's it's something that it was that happened organically. I think uh, it, it, me and a couple of other people in the team. We started a very basic CSS guidelines maybe three or four years ago, and it it evolved uh, throughout the years into something that a little it's a little bit more robust and a little bit more solid. And with that, my role in the in the team also changed to be the the person that is leading that effort. Got it. So so it sort of had a gra- grassroots beginning yeah. and sort of. Proved its worth yeah. and sort of became more of a, a formal, larger effort. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. I remember you starting out like in back in maybe two thousand seven, eight, just doing loads of really cool stuff with CSS. That's kind of mm-hmm. how I how I remember you, and then kind of going on and doing um, talking about design systems and introducing them into Canonical. And yeah, yeah. it's it is kind of cool to see how your career has has changed over the years yeah so so that one of the one of the main things uh around sort of uh, that i know a lot of people and organizations struggle with is that that sort of that starting point where it's like does it need to be this sort of big formal thing can it be this sort of weekend hackathon project that like suddenly transforms the the entire organization like could you could you talk i guess sort of speak to your experience as sort of like you know sort of starting with with something and then sort of like that evolution into something that's that's more robust as you said yeah so um that first version of what we then called guidelines, which was not really uh, something as complex as what we have right now, it was just basically a CSS file. I don't think it even used SAS or anything like that. Mm. So um, this uh, was 
even that even that project started from existing patterns. So it it wasn't a project where we said, "Oh, let's create a new design and create a, a style guide for it." No, we we looked at what we had on the main website, which was Ubuntu.com, and we tried to distill the the patterns that were being used there into a more manageable CSS file uh, or a few different files. And I, I think that a, one big way that it proved that it worked was that I went on maternity leave for over a year and there was a maternity cover, but that cover was doing a few different jobs. It wasn't just basically replacing me. And for that entire year, that framework that we had basically worked as another designer in the team, you know, if that makes sense. Wow. Yeah. Oh, uh, um, that's fantastic. Yeah. yeah. That's so cool. <laughs> so they <laughs> they were able to build the pages that they needed with, with minimal effort. You know, developers could just be given uh, a Google Doc with the copy for that new page or that something that needed to be changed that already existed and it was pretty easy just using those guidelines and that those css files to to build something new that's fantastic yeah. what, what a great success story yeah. it's just i'm going to be over here raising <laughs> my child and you know here here's all of our thinking and here's all of yeah. you know, the best practices the things that you would historically bother me with emails about or whatever right it's <laughs> yeah. like here it is oh that's so cool yeah um and then and then and then it was during that that maternity leave that um uh the, the people in in the team that they they saw okay this is great but we can make it even better and that's when they started to think about you know making it something bigger and more robust and more flexible as well. And and just also introducing, um, I'm not necessarily the best person to talk about in terms of the development side of things, but also introducing new development techniques, you know, and new methodologies that, that we hadn't thought about when we first did the first iteration. And when was that? Uh, so this was while I was away. So that would have been uh, mid-20, early 2015, Something like mm-hmm. that, yeah. Mm-hmm. What what uh, what products does the vanilla framework serve? Is it just Ubuntu dot com, or is it are there other applications in in sort of Canonical's universe that that can leverage yeah. the, the framework? Yeah, there are. So it's um, so I, I I can explain a lot, or I can explain very little. Um, so, <laughs> um, we the, the way that the framework works is, um, at least the way that it was initially devised, was that it was you had a base framework. That's why it was called vanilla. That was very minimal and not very opinionated in terms of design. Like not the colors were very muted colors. It did use our, our typography, but it was just basically you could use it on any site. Uh, not not it did, didn't even have to be an Ubuntu site. It just mm. had a nice grid and some nice spacing and very simple patterns and good typography. And then on top of that, we were going to create we created themes. So we have uh, different types of websites. We have websites like Ubuntu.com and Canonical.com that are more 
brochure marketing sites, mm-hmm. but we also yep. have a, a handful of cloud applications, very complicated, very technical products. And we have a lot of documentation websites. So that's a third type of website. And we also have blogs. So all of these were going to have uh, different themes uh, that would be applied on top of the base vanilla. And, but actually, just recently, we decided that maybe we're just going to put everything together into one bigger vanilla without working with themes um, but yeah, it's not just it's not just the marketing Ubuntu.com website. It's many, many dozens of websites. That's that's so cool, and I'm so happy you you touched on the fact that it it sounds like you you came to a realization that that these very sort of hardcore applications, very interactive, very complex, and sort of more marketing or sort of static brochure you know, big heroes and stuff like that can coexist in the same system and that you can actually create a system that, that serves all of those, you know, different use cases. Yeah. Uh, that, that's, that's something that I, I run into a lot and people will, will get at me and say, oh, well, you know, the, these examples you're showing are all well and good for, you know, if you're, if you're making a little brochure where website or making a blog or whatever, but we, we build enterprise software and it's like, okay, well, let's talk about that. Those are, they're different components you use and which components you reach for obviously is going to depend on what the application is, right? If it's all data tables and, and forms, well, then reach for those patterns in the system. Yeah. If, it's, if it's a marketing homepage, then reach for the hero unit. Like they, they, they can live side by side. They can live as a, as a family. So, um, so, so it, it sounds like originally like those themes were meant to sort of create that, that sort of split or that differentiation. Yeah. But now you're starting to ball them all into one. Is that, yeah. did I hear that right? Yeah, that's right. We're, we're working on that. Yeah. It's really interesting here to, um, you've got kind of this, this base layer that, that kind of goes through all of your, um, all of your projects and things. Um, how do you, like, say you decide one day that you want to change like the line height of, of some paragraphs or you want to change like the bullet style or something. How does that change trickle through all of the, all of the different projects that use it? Um, starting from when someone like, you know, when someone commits that change. Um, so you, um, the projects that are using the framework, they don't get the latest version, uh, mm-hmm. that we, we don't want to make them just get all the, all the changes automatically. Uh, yeah, yeah. Automatically. Actually, one of the, one of the bigger things that we've done f- recently was, a, a very big update on the vertical spacing of all of our elements, because mm-hmm. we wanted, we wanted people to be able to, if they were just creating a new page with just plain html elements with no classes nothing the the spacing wasn't working very well mm-hmm. um so we did a a, a lot of work and that just will on the base yeah HTML just on the base yeah just just so that you know that sounds terrifying <laughs> it, it was <laughs> it was pretty terrifying and it's still it, it still is a little bit i think not all of the websites are um have received that change yet um we did um 
we did a lot of testing. We we do we use Percy to do uh, visual regression testing. Ooh, I've heard of Percy. Um, yeah, it's really nice. So when you when you have a PR in GitHub, it will if there's any visual differences, it will um, it will show a little icon saying that you need to go and check the the screenshots. Uh, and mm. there were quite a lot of changes, but they were all expected changes. So yeah, right. we're we're hoping that there, there's only been uh, from what from what I know, there's only been very minor issues maybe here and there with some patterns that have a little bit uh, where the spacing is a little bit off but overall mm. it's worked really well but it, it was it was a massive effort not only from yeah, from imagine. designers but also from developers and just reviewing all the um, all the pull requests making sure that everything was following the the design spec um it, it was a really a big change we 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 did try to avoid those change changes, but it you you can't really avoid it. It's always evolving. Yeah. So um, we try we just try to be very careful with that. So so whenever you made those white space changes, for instance, did you sort of version up the the sort of canonical? Uh, haha. <laughs> the, the, the sort of the the canonical sort of framework version and then and then that is sort of absorbed as like a dependency in each of the applications and then they have to like go through and sort of like iron everything out and make sure that everything is like tested and then and then they'll be on the latest version or like how does how do you handle that sort of versioning and stuff? yeah it was a different version uh this change because it was such a massive change basically everything right. Everything was gonna, even if it was just a, a few pixels, everything was gonna move on on right. on the screen. Uh, hope, right. Yeah. Hopefully for the better, but but still. Sure. Um, so yeah, it, it it was. There's still some some projects that are not using that new spacing, but um, but yeah. That's great. And I, I guess that's that's a testament to just sort of having the design system in the first place means that you can make these very sort of, you know, global or like nuanced changes like very deliberately and then sort of ensure that, uh, you know, all of the applications will will eventually, you know, receive those updates so long as they're, yeah. they're updating. Yeah, I think this was probably the biggest change that we've done i think in terms of something that is not only reflected in the code but also visually because i, I think there's probably been quite big changes that were done in the code but visually this mm -hmm. is probably the the biggest one and it it, it was there was lots of big meetings and lots of designs and uh people saying i don't want to do this anymore oh. <laughs> and, <laughs> Um, and I don't want to look at it again. And uh, but yeah, I think it was. I would think it was worth it. And when, once it was done, I, we were all really happy about it. If you yeah, if you got asked to do it again, is there anything you'd do differently? Um, no, not not really. Um, not really. One thing that we did learn while we were doing it was more in terms of the process. Um, we. We have uh, for so all of the all of our design work and all of the framework is open source. Uh, we all even the design tasks they're all on GitHub and you can see the design evolution 
Um, anyone can go and see the comments, the feedback that the designs received and the, the iterations. And one of the things that we, um, it, it, might, it might sound a little bit silly, but one of the things that we learned in this particular thing, the, the vertical spacing, was that um, it was really important for us to separate design tasks uh, in a different repository on GitHub than the, the, the coding tasks. So yeah. we have a, a vanilla framework repo and we have a vanilla design repo. And when something still needs to be, is still in, in design, still needs to be iterated on and still needs to be signed off, it, it, won't, it won't leave the, the design repo mm -hmm. until it's totally ready to be built. Because anything that is in the, the framework repo, the main code base, Uh, any developer should be able to just pick up and work on any issue that is there. Like literally any developer in the world uh, could go yeah. and, 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 and fix any issue. So we were just the issue. Uh, we had opened the issue in the, in the coding repo. So that caused, uh, that caused some problems in, in our process where something wasn't, Uh, totally refined to the point where it was ready to be built mm. um, and it was already being worked in our final so code it's base. it's too late to do anything. Yeah, yeah. It's, it, I mean, it's those things that, that sound a little bit silly, like why are, you, wh why are you bothered with something like this? But in the end, it makes things really clear in our process if something is yeah. being worked on uh, the design one or, or the development repo. Yeah. Good plan. Mm -hmm. That's fantastic. So, and I've sort of run into similar things as well. And like a lot of talk around sort of design systems is like, uh, you know, where's the room for like creativity and stuff like that. And, and I do, I do find sort of tracking design related things in tools like GitHub issues and stuff. It, it, it all, there is sort of an assumption almost around using a tool like GitHub issues means that, okay, this is all mechanical. This is all just like, you know, set them up and knock them down. They're just like bugs. Yeah. But, but they're, but they're not like, <laughs> like design related thing, like the, the design process of sort of arriving at, at solutions at, at design solutions is sort of this very amorphous thing. It's not just like, Oh, uh, you know, fix this accessibility issue or it, it's not as, as sort of concrete or it's not as like sort of in, encapsulated. It's, it is something that's just by definition, a lot more amorphous, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, so you came up with, I'd, I'd love to, you were sort of talking about developers and developers from all over the world. What I'd, I'd love to talk to you about is who those people are, what the sort of team structure is, who does what, and then also you came up with this probably the most gorgeous decision chart I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> I've never, I've never encountered a, a, a chart before that I'm like, Oh my God, this is, this is the most gorgeous thing I've ever seen. Brad has but, it, but it is I, like, I really should, I should, I should, uh, yeah, hang it above my bed or something. <laughs> but, uh, it's, uh, it's amazing. But like what it looks like is, And I, again, I want to talk to you about like, uh, you know, if you could speak to the, how people are distributed and stuff like that, but like having 
sort of a, a, a formalized process by which patterns get added and modified and and stuff like that and and just sort of like walk through like how you manage all that and how developers sort of interact with this with this sort of decision tree mm. um, so in terms of the team we just fairly recently uh, did a little bit of restructuring within within the team so we we formalized a few groups a little bit more and uh, the the core vanilla theme so the people that are in theory 100% always working on vanilla are just three people so it's me mm. and two developers um front front end developers but the the canonical design team has a lot more people and I, I like to think that everyone in, in the design team and outside of the design team contributes to vanilla. What I do is I, I try to see where the patterns are. I try to help them and uh, make sure that if they're working on something new, they know where things are or they know what's been done before. So I don't necessarily sit and design new patterns, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So... Um, we we try to have the different UX designers, visual designers, front and back end developers within the design team to work on vanilla at some point, uh, even if it's just maybe the site that they're working on needs to be converted to vanilla. So they they will help with that transition. Um, mm -hmm. So um, like one of the things that we did really recently that worked extremely well. We did a, just a, a little tiny three-day uh, mini sprint where everyone in the design team was in a room and we were all working on vanilla. So we we had um, a, a, set, a few sets of prioritized GitHub issues that we could work from and everyone was working on it because I wanted to make make people really understand where things were, how to create design mm -hmm. specs, how, how, where they could go and uh, file an issue and just not be a little bit less afraid of contributing. Um, yeah. Yeah. And that worked really well. That's something that we, we might want to try to do, if not monthly, maybe every quarter or every couple of months so that everyone can, can spend a few days w working on it and, and really contributing to it. Um, what else can I say? So in terms of the way that uh, things are added to to the framework, um, we have so we we have everything on GitHub. And if you want to propose a pattern, you would submit a, a GitHub issue, a label is as a proposal. And every couple of weeks we have uh, something that we call the vanilla working group where we go through so the entire the, the entire design team is invited to that meeting we, we're still trying to th figure out how we could invite external people but we still haven't figured that out but um, anyone anyone can show up and we go through all of the um, github issues that have been labeled as proposals we we read them the person that submitted it explains a little bit more we all discuss if we if we think it should go ahead, if it should go ahead, does it need does it need work or can it just be built straight away? Does it need design work? Does it need UX work? Um, 
and we make decisions like that. Uh, we, recently, we created a second uh, fortnightly meeting that is more focused on design patterns. So um, it's mainly just the, the visual and the UX designers that attend and they will come with uh, asking questions about work, ongoing work, but focusing on design patterns. So they won't say, mm. uh, I'm designing this page, what do you think? They will say, I'm designing this thing and I'm using this particular pattern um, what could I do here or does this exist or what can I do to improve this existing pattern so um, it's been working quite well those those two, two, two meetings the regular meetings and that's basically in a nutshell how how things are added that's great so, so there's these like formalized these things that you know are coming. They're on your calendar. They're on all yeah. the design team sort of calendar. Yeah. And it's like, so if there's issues or if there's like sort of things that you're like, Oh, I'd really like to be able to do this. You know yeah. that there's like some built in time to discuss that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes, um, cool. sometimes people might, might submit an issue and maybe they didn't label them as a proposal, but I, I might, that's part of my job to go through, our issues and if I see something that it's would be really good to have everyone discussing I might just add the proposal label so that it it's picked up during that meeting um, even if I'm not there it, it just happens um, every every couple of weeks and wh right. whoever wants to attend can attend that's fantastic cool so 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 the people that are that are so those designers you're saying are are not necessarily like on the vanilla team. They're they're people that are working on ubuntu.com or they're working on one of those applications you referenced earlier yeah. or whatever and they're like cool, I need to I need this application to do this. Uh, a date picker or something like that for instance or something some variation of a date picker. And so they're like for my specific product, I need it. I need this thing. Mm -hmm. So they, they will, their first step would be to go onto GitHub and sort of write a, a proposal of what that thing is and why it's needed. Um, well, maybe the first step, if you haven't done anything, like if you haven't actually done any new designs or sketches or anything, the first right. step might be, if there's a meeting coming up, you might just ask, uh, in, in the meeting, I, I'm, I'm working on this. Um, is there the, does something that looks like this exist or they can just come and ask me or anyone in the vanilla team. Uh, we, mm. we're, we're all in, in London. Almost all of us are in London. So that it's pretty easy to just, um, just go and ask, but, um, um, sorry, I lost, I lost track of of what I was saying. Uh, but yeah, so usually one of these two things uh, happen. Uh, the The proposals are usually when, it's not necessarily when you have a question, it's more when you have a suggestion or you think that something is wrong, that should be improved, or you've, mm -hmm. you've already created the, the pattern that you've we've talked about before and you just want to make a more formal proposal for it to be added to vanilla because maybe the pattern is currently only being used in your particular application in the application that you work on and it's still not in vanilla but you think it it should be in vanilla 
Mm-hmm. And do you kind of split up um, the prototyping? Like, do you have a separate repo for that? Or is it, do you do it in that design repo you were talking about? Yeah, it would be in the design repo, yeah. Mm. And, and do you use, like, Sketch for that? Or would you use uh, HTML, CSS? Um, for the design for the design repo, or um, mm. what, what do you mean? Like when you're, um, say you're talking about building like this date picker um, yeah. and you've got kind of some requirements, like how do you go from getting those requirements to then it being a real thing? Um, so, yeah, it, 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 would, it would be, I'm not sure if I'm answering the, the question exactly, but so the design repo um when there's a, um, let's say if it's the, the date picker, for instance, um, mm-hmm. they um, it, there might be already an, an initial design. It, usually, there is something already. We don't the the design the vanilla design issues don't just start from from zero. Um, yeah. They mm-hmm. yeah they usually start from something that already exists. It might have to be tweaked to be more flexible so that it can be used by any of the applications. Um, mm. or so that it follows maybe if it integrates other components then the design needs to be tweaked and it, it needs to be just made more flexible and um, maybe maybe people haven't thought about how it uh, how it works in small screens or medium sized screens you know things like that uh, needs to be refined so that it's a proper pattern and then once that whole um once all of those iterations are 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 finished the um, the issue is closed and mm-hmm. in the code section of the design repo we have folders for each of the patterns and in each folder you have um a, a png file with the, just the visual of that pattern and a markdown file with all the specs so the the designers need to write the actual specs um, Does that include things like margin and padding, or is yes, that more like, kind of general specs? No, it's uh, it's it's not a, it's not CSS. You're not supposed to pick it up and use it as CSS, but it it kind of looks a little bit like like uh, CSS. So it has uh, the values for border radius, uh, what's the what the colors, font sizes, spacing, anything that you can think of that the developer will need to build the thing, basically. Right. So, oh, okay. Yeah. Um, so that that's that's how we work within the the design repo. So whatever is, so any developer knows that whatever is in the code section of the design repo is the last and final design. That's what they can use to build whatever needs to be built. Mm. That's fantastic. Uh, so obviously, your your culture is is sort of built on sort of openness, and it sounds like you know accessibility, where you're saying like you know anyone can can join or anyone can contribute and stuff. Like, how how do you see that that sort of part of the culture? Or, or do I one do I have that right? <laughs> and and two, like if that is the case, like if, if that sort of like openness and inclusion and stuff like that is, is part of the culture, like how do you see that sort of steering the, the design systems direction? And, and do you, can you attribute some of the success of the, of the system to that participation or that, that inclusiveness? Um, I'm, I'm not sure. Um, we, we haven't really had that many external contributions, 
but mm-hmm. um, it does influence the way that we think about about the patterns and how flexible things can be because it, it's a it's quite a, a a hard balance to to get right because we did we did build vanilla to cater to the needs of a specific company uh, but at the same time we want anyone to be able to use it on on any website and we there's been a handful of people that have tried it and it worked fine and mm. it, it it it's really great to see so um we we have to when we make design decisions or development decisions it, it we always have to balance um the fact that this might be used by someone that is completely external to canonical and mm. doesn't have um our constraints or our needs but also at the same time we're building something that uh is it needs to cater for first uh, for, for the the needs of of our products and our websites so um i i i really like the fact that i'm that i i i'm working on something that um is is open to the world like anyone can see all of the comments that we make on on github and i think that in a way that makes us a little bit more careful with how we we comment on on things and you know make sure that we're polite <laughs> and um, <laughs> and that we explain things so when we have when we have the the vanilla working groups uh, working group meetings and we make certain decision um, just making sure that things are recorded in in the issue and we explain why we are saying no to a proposal or why we're accepting a proposal just communication i think is really important and the way that you explain things is really important yeah and um how do you kind of do you feel like that is a good pressure then to have that i'm thinking like certainly when i started writing css i was really paranoid that you know anyone can view source and see what you've written um do you think that has helped you kind of stick to um stick to the standards um yeah I think so. Yeah, I, I think it's 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 weird because it's such a, a normal thing for us to do that yeah. uh, we I don't think we we think about it as much as maybe someone else would if they were working on a totally public uh, project. Yeah, I don't know. I guess it's useful for people who are onboarding as well because they can see all this history. They can, you know, if they're wondering why, you know, why don't we have this component? And then yeah. you kind of look it up and, it, and all the information's there and you can see the kind of decision-making process as well. Um, yeah, it's that is really useful for kind of a new person to have or someone who's been off for a long time and, yeah. and comes back. And um, like thinking in your case, you know, when, when you come back from maternity leave and you see kind of all the progress that's been made, you can kind of keep up to date on it. Yeah, yeah. And even now that I've been away for a couple of weeks, uh, I can see what the decisions were on certain issues. Uh, and yeah, it, it's it's really, it's really, it works really well. Nice. That's great. Are you, uh, so, so what's next for, for vanilla? What's next for 
Are there like exciting initiatives or things that maybe not vertical spacing, <laughs> but, but other other uh, sort of initiatives like underway that are that are uh, exciting and that you're that you're allowed to talk to? about? <laughs> that you're, yeah, yeah, don't, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, well, everything that we're working on is is public on on GitHub. So um, we. The, the the main thing that we're working on now is to to move away from themes and to have re, have everything in in just one one larger code base. Mm-hmm. Um, something that we are working on and uh, it's an ongoing process is to just moving websites to to vanilla. So existing websites, there's dozens and dozens of websites that the the, the web team is responsible for in some way or another. And that's as part of our iteration, we always try to have one or two websites um, that where we apply vanilla for the first time. So that's an ongoing thing that, you know, we like, we have a list of things of websites and trying to tick them all off. Um do you, do you find that process getting easier with with like as the system gets more robust and stuff like um, or is it just like a slog? <laughs> it's, it is it is um, it it is always um, it takes longer than we think always. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, always the way. <laughs> yeah, it really takes much longer than you think, and also it's it's interesting to see how uh, if if. If one of the developers that is more more familiar with the framework is converting the site, um, they will work much faster than mm. if it's someone that is not familiar. But it, but on the other hand, you want people that are not familiar to become familiar. So yeah, um, yeah, we have to decide: do we want to do this really quickly, but not not teach anyone, or um, do we? Can we take a little bit more time and but get someone else to be introduced to the framework properly? Um, and also, um, I think moving several different websites to vanilla uh, and having people that are not very familiar with it using it is also really showing us how important it is to have really good documentation. Oh, um, uh, yeah. So, yeah, that's an that's um, I think from 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 my point of view uh, improved documentation it's it's another thing that we're really trying hard to try, to to get right um yeah what a what a great stress test for that it's yeah. a, it sounds like you're you're doing all these really cool things culturally that just sort of you, you're making sure that everyone's familiar with the framework and that they are comfortable with it. And they're sort of like forced to get their hands on it and like get their hands dirty with it. Like, I I just think that that's really, really neat rather than like the sort of like move over. (laughs) It's like, just, just sort of like use this thing, just copy and paste. Like we don't, you know, don't think too hard. Uh, So that's, I, I think that that's, that's really telling and and I, I would suspect that that's a, a big part of its success is is you know sort of making sure that 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 becomes ingrained in the culture that it's not just this tool or this solution that's thrust upon people like against their will it's just it's it's something like that adaptation that that sort of mindset it's 
I, I've seen so many organizations like fall on their face again and again and again for those very reasons where it's like, okay, the cool kids are over here yeah. building this like super flexible system. And then we're just going to sort of throw it at you and, or, or whatever, yeah. or, or, or sort of like hold this over your head. So, so I think that that's, I, I, I just love how you've, how you've described the, those meetings and just like those, those sort of projects of, of sort of migrating something to the framework as, as like good learning opportunities. Yeah. And the, 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 the mini sprint that we had a few weeks ago also worked extremely well. Um, mm. it, it, we had people, uh, so l like I said, we want to make sure that our documentation is really good. So we had some, um, some people that, had had never contributed to vanilla to sit down and try and think of uh, a couple of examples of good documentation for like one or two patterns and mm. so now those those two people are taking that 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 project forward and they're not necessarily part of the core vanilla team but they're the the ones that are are driving that effort so mm -hmm. um, it, it it worked really well in in that respect as well. Yeah, to just make sure that people were involved and not afraid to participate because there were some some of the designers that weren't necessarily very familiar with it, and I think maybe were a little bit afraid of it. And <laughs> um, that that like three day workshop worked extremely well. It's something that we really want to keep doing in the future. That's amazing. You're great insights. Thank you. Well, I, I'm sure that we could probably talk all day about this and like really only scratching the surface, I feel. But uh, I, I think that, that everything that you said is, is a great, is again, just like the, 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 the culture and like the tactics for sort of creating that culture. I, I just think that, that I'm so impressed by that. So, so great job Thank <laughs> keep, you. Keep, keep it up yeah keep up the great work it sounds like you're you're doing so many things right so um but yeah so uh thank you so much for for coming on the show thank you for all the uh all the insights and thank you for for sharing everything and, and making beautiful decision trees <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah yeah so so thank you so much for your time and, and for for coming on i i certainly learned a lot so um and yeah so keep it up thanks for having me thank all you all right Thanks. Yeah, see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.